Good morning, Flagler County. This is Danielle Anderson, your host of Lifeline, the radio show connecting you to positivity here in our community. And we have Susie Gambling to kick off the new year. Good morning, Susie. Hi, how are you? I am awesome. Like, it's been a pretty pretty good start to the year. How about yours? Yeah, I've been very busy. Have you? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You're like the head of Flagler Volunteer Services, so you've got to be busy, right? Yeah, it's it's a new year, and we're hoping a lot more people are going to be signing up to volunteer out in the community. I hope so. Well, hopefully today will generate some of those uh, folks to say, hey, I want to get involved. So for people who don't know you, tell them a little bit about how you got started with Flagler Volunteer Services. Certainly. So I've been with Flagler Volunteer Services now for um, – Almost 30 years, <laughs> so it's been a long time. I actually took a part-time job originally. Um, my my father was on the board of directors, and they had a little opening for somebody to come in and just do data entry, and that's how I started. I came in and started doing data entry, and I realized very fast that I was clueless to all the amount of work that flag- that volunteers do out in the community. And it was just amazing to me and something I really was inspired by. And, and now it's become my my life. <laughs> I live and breathe it and have for, like I said, 30 years now. That's yeah. really cool. And so tell people a little bit about your dad because he was a real inspirational guy too. Yeah. So um, my dad was Brian Cooper and he was the airport manager here in Flagler County for quite a while. And then he moved on to uh, St. John's County. But he was always involved in volunteering, even from even when we were little. He volunteered with um, a lot of different places when we were growing up, and we would help him. Like we would, he he did one of the big things. One of my favorite memories, I guess, is um, when he did the. Uh, Christmas tree lots for the Optimist Club. And it was a lot of fun because we were kids and we would go and help out at the Christmas tree lot. But he was always volunteering. And um, when Flagger Volunteer Services was formed, he was one of the founding members and and helped uh, make make the whole thing happen. Yeah. Do you feel like he's inspired your children and your grandkids? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, my grandkids are... They were deeply impacted by both of my parents, my mom and my dad. My dad was much more out in the, um, you know, out in the public and in the view of everybody. But my mom was always in the background and always doing caring things. And so my my all of my children and all of my grandchildren were deeply impacted by them and and lived their life based on a lot of what they've done. Yeah. Yeah, you're like one of the most, you're like this like huggable person in the community. It's just like so <laughs> sweet all the time. So, um, you know, we really want to talk about like what, how did 2023 go for you guys? I mean, has it been since COVID and the rebuild, how's everything been going? Yeah. So we really struggled with COVID. Obviously, when you're an organization that, that provides volunteer support out to the community and, and a pandemic like that happens, um, so many places that were using volunteers stopped using volunteers and so many volunteers that were volunteering in the community had to back away for, you know, concerns of risks that were involved with COVID. Um, so we saw a tremendous decrease in all of our numbers, which was to be expected. Um, however, we never stopped. We, we stayed very, very busy. Um, probably, Within a week or so of me ever hearing about COVID, my first thought was, oh, my gosh, we're going to go out of business. And then my right away, we had a request from emergency management and the health department saying, can you help with, 
you know, COVID testing? Do you have any retired nurses? Can you help with traffic control? Can you do these things to help with the testing? And so we immediately got busy and we did testing um, and vaccinations for two years solid afterwards. And then we've been rebuilding. So it's been slowly the organizations that weren't able to use volunteers are starting to use them again. A lot of the volunteers that had to step back um, have come back now and then some and then of course we've had a lot of new people starting volunteering so we are seeing everything go up 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 um, 2023 was as busy as any year I've ever <laughs> seen in my entire life with our agency um, so it's it's been good and you guys moved into a new home didn't you we did move into a new home uh, which has brought uh, good and bad for us the the home is wonderful it is it is definitely a very suitable office for us um, allows us to do some of our volunteer trainings have volunteers coming and going and and take care of all of our things financially it's been a lot more of a struggle um, prior to the past year we had free space and we lost that free space during covid so um, now we're paying for space, so we're doing a lot more fundraising and trying to find support to help us pay for that office space. Um, but you guys provide vital services to all the communities and municipalities, right? We sure do. <laughs> it seems like that would be something that everybody would say, "Hey, we could throw in a little bit here and help out, right?" And that's yeah, that's what we're that's what we're hoping for is that we build up the the funds to make sure that all of our expenses are covered because. Like I said, it was new expenses for us. It's funny. You go, you know, 15 years and you have um, free rent <laughs> and free, you know, free space and free all of that. And then all of a sudden you have this bill that you're, you weren't really expecting to have. And so it's, it's been a challenge, but, um, but we're working towards all that. Yeah. I think the, uh, the services you provide more than offset, you know. Yeah. What the cost should be. Yes. So we're looking at 2024 and I got this amazing email that had all these, this list of stuff that's coming up. And I mean, I know not everybody's on the email list, right? Right. So can we start to talk about some of those cool things that are coming up? Certainly. All right. So I signed up for cert training. This is something I've been wanting to do for a while, but it just, I couldn't make it work with my schedule. So what, what is it all about? So the CERT training is our community emergency response training, and it just teaches some basic um, skills on how to respond to something. If it happened, like if, if something major, we'll, we'll just go with a tornado. If a tornado struck your neighborhood or your workplace or anywhere like that, and you were there and um, and the first responders couldn't get to you right away. How would you respond? And so it really looks at a lot of different things from search and rescue to, you know, how to, how to deal with small fires to uh, provide medical care, um, psychology. It goes into a lot of different um, things that you might be stuck trying to do while you're waiting for those first responders to show up. Gives you some really great skills. I'm, We went through the cert training, and then I became a cert trainer. And yes, and it's it's a lot of a lot of skills, and you find that you use them not just like you know because you don't know if that's ever going to really happen to you, but you use those same skills for a lot of different things. So I, I. I actually came across a car accident one time that had, it was a motorcycle accident. It had happened, um, 
and there was no responders there yet. And I was able to pull over. I knew what to do and how to do it because I had taken this training. So this training is really valuable. Um, and I encourage anyone that's in our community that wants to know, you know, like how do you respond to things like that that could happen, any kind of emergency, um, to take that course. It's a great course. And it's free. That's it, what was the most surprising. I was like, whoa. It's free. It's 30 hours of training. And then afterwards, you are um, you are given a, a backpack full of supplies that you might need to use and um, a certificate that you can use anywhere around the nation. It's a nationwide program. So, so you're officially certified yes. a, a, as a, a – Yes. So I just have to like read this for people who don't know. Like, okay, so – there is um, disaster preparedness, disaster medical operations, part one and two, disaster psychology, fire safety and utility controls, light search and rescue operations, cert and terrorism, course review, exam, and a simulation. So we're going to have like a, a situation? Yes. Yeah. The simulation is a lot of, it's, it's a lot of fun because you put everything in that you've learned into action. So the, the class, I mean, like I said, it's 30 hours. So it's, a, it's definitely a commitment and it's, it's a long course, but there, we do a lot of hands-on activities to keep you interested in, in going. And at the end, when you do that disaster simulation, you pull it all together. Um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Dude, I, I, I'm like really excited because I was like, this is so incredibly amazing. So also then you have other stuff coming up. There's like emergency planning for your pets. Yes. What's going on with that? So the Humane Society puts on this every year for us. It's um, and animals and disasters. And we go over, or they go over, I should say. They, they put it on um, in partnership with us. And they go over the things you should think about when something happens and how to make sure your pets are taken care of. But they also talk about the pet shelters so that if there's a hurricane or any type of emergency where they might have to open a pet shelter, how people can become involved and how they can volunteer for that and so it's a really good little workshop that just gives some basic information um, that's very valuable you know for all of us that have pets <laughs> when we seem to be prone to like every disaster that could possibly happen it seems to happen to us right it seems like a lot too <laughs> yeah sometimes I feel like we live at the emergency management office <laughs> I know but the, I mean you know whenever they need help you guys they can activate you and you guys are like we, prepared for everything yes yes all right, let's see what other thing there is. Psychological first aid training. What's that? So this is this is really for some of those volunteers that do help with disaster related activities, um, especially if you're one of the people that, you know, get involved either at the shelters or immediately afterwards with cleanups or things like that. It, it goes into how you take care of yourself when you're dealing with so much um, chaos and, and sometimes tragedy, you know, and how you, how you take care of yourself and how you help, help others psychologically because not everything is medical. Uh, sometimes when something major happens, um, it's, you're dealing with a person who's, you know, lost their home or lost, you know, their ability to, to do what they normally do. And how do you help them? And how do you help yourself? Because if you deal with it day after day after day, it can be really depressing. I mean, I know like with some of the hurricanes that I've gone through, when you're out there and you're trying to help people clean up and you're trying to help them and you hear sad story after sad story after sad story, it can be really hard. 
And so going through this, this workshop really goes into how do you take care of yourself and how do you make sure that you don't say or do anything that might upset the people you're trying to help? Because it's easy enough to say the wrong thing. Um, and, and making sure that you know what is the best way to handle those situations is really good. So we, we encourage any of our volunteers that work during disasters to take that class. It's a very good class. And that could be for somebody even who's just out, you know, raking yards or, or whatever during the hurricane, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody who thinks that they may work with people, um, after a disaster, it's a great course and it's put on by the American Red Cross and they do a fabulous job. They send in a a psychologist who comes in and she's very detailed, goes over a lot of different stuff, a lot of different scenarios. Um, and you walk away with really a, a lot of information that is super helpful. And this is free too, right? It is free also. Yes. You see, there's so many free classes that you guys are doing. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to talk about some positive, cool stuff that they're doing over at the Flagler Volunteer Services. We'll be right back. Hey, who's taking care of your air conditioner? If you don't have somebody good, give me a call. My name's Kyle. I've been doing air conditioning in Flagler County for 13 years. I'm now with Quantum AC. We look forward to being your air conditioning company. If you haven't had a checkup in a while, you really should. Call Kyle's cell phone number anytime. Okay. I'm Joe Wright, Quantum AC, part of the Quantum family. 586-9039. I look forward to your call. 586-9039. So we are back with Susie Gambling, Director of the Flagler Volunteer Services here in Lifeline. And now we're going to talk about some cool, fun stuff. I got an email the other day that said, Media Center Help Needed. And I was like, oh, dude, I can do that. <laughs> and then I realized it was the library. Yes, it's the, it's the library at Indian Charles Middle School. And they're looking for some volunteers to help in there um, on, a, on like a weekly basis to go in and, and give some assistance. So how frequently do you get requests for schools and things? We get requests all the time. I mean, it, it's, it's absolutely amazing. In fact, I've got one in my email right now that I haven't even looked at yet, but I, I'm going to work on that tomorrow. But we get requests all the time for um, special events in the community, as well as um, those regular jobs where somebody's looking for you to come in every week and help. So it's, it's a variety of the different needs, but they change all the time. Um, and we encourage people to look at our website, um, www.flaggervolunteer.org, um, because we're always updating those needs and they're all listed on there. Um, do you need any special certifications to do these kinds of things? A lot of them, no. Um, some of them, most of the ones that you need any kind of specific training, they will provide that training to you. So it's not always, I think some people walk in the door and they think, oh, I can say, I'm here and I want to volunteer today or tomorrow. And it doesn't always work that way. Like most of the time you do have to go through some sort of training or some sort of background check or, you know, some kind of processing to get started. But we keep a regular list of what the needs are in the community. And then once you say like, I'm interested in, we'll just use Habitat for Humanity. I want to help Habitat for Humanity. Then we provide that information to them and then they work you through their process to get you started. So it may take a little while. Sometimes it takes a month or two to get a volunteer started, depending on what the job is. 
Um, but at least if you come in our door, then that gives you a listing of everything available that we know of. And then that um, allows you to, to pick and choose which things and you can um, easily get started. It's just a matter of getting through the, the variety of processes that there are out there. So tell people some, about some of the regular programs because you have things like the, the – is it Reading Pals? Yeah. So we, we, um, we support local nonprofits and government agencies with volunteer needs in the community. But we also run some internal um, programs. So our internal programs right now that we have is our Reading Pals program provides volunteers that go into the school district um, and work with kids in VPK through third grade that are struggling with their reading skills. And they go in every week. Um, we provide them books so that they can work with the children. Um, they get matched to a, a specific child and they work the whole school year. Um, anyone that's coming in now would work through the end of this school year and then we start again next fall. But um, they work with those children just in hopes of trying to build up their reading uh, skills to grade level by the third grade. That is so awesome. A lot of things go wrong if the kids don't learn to read by third grade. So I know you mentioned we have a lot of new people coming in the community. Are you seeing a, a greater interest from these new people about wanting to get involved? Yeah, we, uh, we've seen a, a tremendous interest of people wanting to volunteer. And, and I'm always looking for organizations that need that volunteer support. So we make sure that we can give that support to them. Um, because there are a lot of people interested. And, uh, that's been one of our struggles with COVID is that we lost contact with so many different organizations that needed volunteers. And so we're really working hard on trying to get back in contact with everybody. So if there's any organizations out there that need volunteers, if they contact us, we can definitely help. There's What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Um, probably, probably through my email. I'll give you my email address. It's Susie, S-U-Z-Y at flaglervolunteer.org. And um, that allows us, I mean, if they, if they contact us on our website, there's also a place that they can request volunteer support. So they could go on our website and then just click that button to request volunteer support. And, um, and then we can, you know, get that process started because there are a lot of people that are looking for things to do. And what we like to have is as much variety of volunteer needs as possible because somebody might come in and they're looking, you know, they want to work with animals or they want to work outside. They want to work inside. They like working with kids. You know, there's such a variety of what each person (laughs) likes to do. We want to make sure that we have opportunities available for everybody who wants to volunteer. I just love it. And every time, like I know friends of me, when he has, has something coming up, you guys are so helpful. We always get, you know, half a dozen or maybe even 10 volunteers that show up and we're like, you know, that is so important because, you know, you, you stretch your, your regular volunteers thin Yes, and, and to have that support from other people, it's so important. And, and I find that a lot of the volunteers that they do a special event like that, once they learn about your organization, they may become your regular volunteer, right? the volunteers <laughs> over and over again. And we've seen that happen many times. And I, I, I think it's really important because there's a lot of people who they like doing those special events. But they really, you know, learn about you and your organization when they do that. And, and so it becomes a really good thing. It's like a, a way for it, everybody to build that community. So yeah. how can we help you and your volunteers? Because you've got some cool stuff going on. So we have a couple of a couple of fundraisers coming up. We have a Dine to Donate event on January 12th at Texas Roadhouse. Um, anybody who goes there and eats on January 12th um, 
can just let them know that they're that they're they're coming to support Vagra Volunteer Services, and then we get ten percent of their bill, which is wonderful. And uh, we have a, a really good, strong relationship with Texas Roadhouse. Um, we also are doing a lucky draw reverse raffle, which is on March 9th. And a reverse raffle is a little bit different than like a regular raffle. You you buy the raffle tickets and then we draw every single raffle ticket and the biggest prizes are for the people that get drawn last. So nice. when you when, <laughs> if you are if you're typically the loser at a raffle, then a reverse raffle is a great way to maybe be a winner. <laughs> but it's a great way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. All of our all of all of our information on on those events are uh, is on our website again. Um, we've we've recently we had a volunteer Volunteer, mentioning volunteers, we had a volunteer who recently redid our website, and so it is um, much more easily navigated. And and um, so, if you haven't checked it out in a long time, or if you've never checked it out, please check out our website. It's got a lot of good information on it. So it's twenty first century now, right? Yes, yeah, <laughs> we we grew up. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> so I know you guys. You did have the super. It's one of my favorite ones. I had to miss it this year. The giving store. Yes. So are you doing any? Um, are we doing the semi annual raffles or? Um, Rummage sales? Yes. So we um, we have our giving store event is for kids to come out and select gifts to give to their family members. So it's different than other Christmas events where the kids get the gifts for themselves. This is about kids learning to give, which we think falls right into volunteering because it's all about giving. Um, we just recently had that and had uh, – you know, a significant amount. I can't remember the number of children right now, but significant amount of children come through and pick out gifts. We are, um, we do, we do that completely by fundraising. We have a um, two annual or a semi-annual rummage sales. One is in the spring and one is in the fall. Our next one is May 17th and 18th. Um, and then we have one in October as well. And so we collect rummage sale items <laughs> and giving store gifts all year long. So anyone who wants to donate either something that we could put in that rummage sale to raise money for the giving store or anyone who wants to, to donate gifts that we could let the children select from during our 2024 giving store, we, we accept that all year long. And, um, those are, those are big events for us, uh, we do over 2,000 gifts each That's year. Incredible. And so it's quite, it's quite a process. Um, so we're, we've been busy with that. And right now we're, we're looking for those rummage sale items for so sure. So people can donate. Where do they take them? I mean, do they drop them on your front porch or? So, depending on how much you have. If you, if you have just a little <laughs> bit of stuff, you can bring them to our office. Um, and if, if not, then, then we, you can give us a call. And if it's like a truck, a carload of stuff or we'll meet you at our storage unit. And you can unload directly into our storage unit, which, of course, is obviously easiest if you have a lot of stuff. And then you've got the the junior ROTC who comes out and gives you a hand, right? Yeah. You know, we we love our volunteers. We have some fantastic volunteers. A lot of our volunteers are are, um, a little more elderly. And so a lot of our giving store volunteers, we are always <laughs> thankful for those ROTC kids who come and they can do that heavy lifting. Um, so anyone with strong backs that can help us move things, it's amazing when they're there. I think it's a point of pride for those kids. I watch them. They're like, they, yeah, <laughs> they, they do. And, they, and they've helped us for years and years now. I, I can't even imagine uh, trying to do one of our rummage cells without them. So talk, are we doing the Brian Cooper Award 
again? Yes. So, so this year, like you said, during COVID, we really struggled with a lot of our events and different things. Um, we will be doing a volunteer recognition event in April. Um, we don't have it scheduled yet. We're working on that, but. At the volunteer recognition event, we'll be giving out uh, volunteer of the year awards for our various programs, as well as volunteer of the year awards for volunteers out in our community. So any nonprofits or government agencies that want to nominate somebody, um, we will be sending that information out very soon as far as nominations. And we will also be giving out the Brian Cooper uh, Leadership Award for volunteers who take on leadership roles. That's a very special one too. Yes, yes. Awesome. So we're going to wrap it up here. Tell people where they need to go. What is the number one website to visit? Our our website, www.flaglervolunteer.org. And you can see all the classes, the programs, the events. Get Everything. your get signed up either to volunteer or request volunteers. And they're amazing about getting those folks, uh, everybody connected. Yes, yes. We would love to have you. Oh, thank you for coming in, Susie. <laughs> thank you so much for having us. And we want to thank Coastal Cloud, Joe Wright and the Quantum Family of Businesses, WNZF News Radio, and Flagler News Weekly for sponsoring our show. You guys have a happy new year, and we'll see you next weekend. 